<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh-huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Hey guys, this is John McLaughlin. This is Dave Barnes. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome Dadville. You know, this episode, it's just me and John chatting some more. One of the things that's really fun about Dadville is having our guests on, but one of the other reasons we want to do it is just to get together and chat, talk about what it's like being a dad, any funny things we've experienced. You know, this is just us chatting. What you'll hear in this episode is why we really thought to do the podcast, because John and I spend so much time hanging out. This is what normally happens. This is, yeah, that's a great way to say it. This is a little window into real life with John and Dave. So all that said, thanks for coming. Pull up a seat. And enjoy your time in Dadville. Dadville. Knock, knock, who's there? It's Dadville. (laughs) Back at your front door. Were you planning that? Because that is the greatest way to start. (laughs) (laughs) Holding our trick-or-treat bags. Just dad and... It's just the right amount of creepy... And which, entertaining. Which is basically dads. <laughs> just basically Can you dads. sum up dads? You're going to be creepy. So, yeah. Look, when the babysitter comes over, you got to watch, do you have pants on? Yeah. Yeah. I find myself bowing a lot. Like I do like, oh, good to see you. I do like sort of like. Because bowing's hey. not creepy. That's. No, that's. Touch that's right very down, no. disarming. And yeah. my yeah. dad, this is a true story. My, one of my uh, best friends, Phil, growing up. Um, Phil alerted me to something, which this could be a whole other subject, but Phil alerted me to something that I, I was clueless about my dad, that he would come over and he, we were talking about it. I was like, dude, let's go hang in my house. He's like, I don't know if I can hang at your house right now. I was like, why? He's like, cause it's Saturday and it's like two in the afternoon and your dad's going to just be in his undies. And I was like, and it was like everything in my life went like tightened. And I was like, oh my God, 
he will absolutely be in his undies. We You're walked like, in the door. Literally, Phil was like, watch. We opened the door. My dad comes out to the top of the landing at the top of the stairs. Yep. And he goes, hey, guys, tidy whitey v-neck tucked into underwear. What are you guys up to? Wh- what is that? What's the... I want to say aerodynamics. It's efficiency. Because <laughs> if he's got to go, man... Sometimes you see that in, in like old movies or something yeah. like that. Guys tucking their shirts and i always thought growing up like is there a time where like am i gonna have to do that it's it's for it's for exactly that moment if someone walks in on you you're slightly formal i (laughs) i just your friend phil did not see the value in that no he saw other you're like what's the deal he's his shirt's tucked in look at him he's no 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 no. the shirt's tucked in you think it's out he's underwear casual yeah okay (laughs) so (laughs) that was one of those moments i was like i didn't even realize that this, yeah. like, I was so used to that as a normal dynamic in my house. Can we get vulnerable here? Do you Please. do that? I mean, I just talked about my dad in underwear. Yeah. Do I do that? Do you do that? Do I tuck my underwear into my? No, uh, no, no. Well, yeah, you can answer that if you want. I necessarily don't. I feel like you do. Um, <laughs> you do you walk it. around your house in your in your underwear? No, I kind of have two modes. I'm either in the buck yep. or I'm clothed. I don't okay. do like a half. I tend yep. to be like either, you know, as God made me yep. or I'm like, I'm like fully mm-hmm. clothed, not fully clothed, but I mean, I have like everything that should be covered is covered. So maybe the next time we get together, you could do clothed. That's fair. I didn't know if this was going to be weird yeah. or not. It is weird. I feel like <laughs> Phil right now. That's good. Um, yeah. I have memories of my dad kind of on the weekends. He's, mm-hmm. He's in his underwear. Listen, he earned what, that. Tidy whitey. He, earned, he that. earned it. He yeah. did. He literally did. He's been working all week. Yeah. He doesn't want to wear clothes. No, no. I never do that. I mean, I'm not saying I never do that, but it's only functionally. If I've got my underwear on, but the shorts I want to wear are in the dryer or whatever, I'll walk through the house and get, you know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're functionally, I need to, we need to talk about this. <laughs> You're, there's a functional, how would we define it? Functional um, partial nudity. Yeah. It's functionally partial nudity. <laughs> I really enjoy I, I'm not, that. It's like if you see me like that, it, it's temporary. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm you're on, on my the way, way to somewhere. Yeah, to, yeah. I'm you, working on it. Yeah, you're you're between A and B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may not be. Also, That's the my underwear is a lot more. Yeah. I don't do the I don't do the tidy whities. Yeah, I do the tidy black and and blue blueies. And what am I wearing right now? They're just black. Yeah, which is a little more formal. That's you know. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like if we're gonna have company, that that's a little more inviting. Yeah, yeah. Than the, than the white. I do have moments where I genuinely have terror that someone is gonna show up to the house, and I just haven't thought. I I am so used to being in my underwear in those moments where again you're transitioning from right. one outfit to the other, or from nudity to an outfit. And I just don't think I just I'm so or, used or to from being, one pair of underwear to another to Maybe another. You put one on and you're like, no, this needs another pair. And you put those over the other ones. And, yeah, because um, company's coming over. <laughs> yeah, but I do have these moments of, and I'm I'm being a thousand percent sincere, where I'm just going to be so comfortable and whatever my that I'm going to just I'll hear you guys downstairs and walk down and be like, oh my gosh, I'm wearing underwear. I'm going to go back upstairs. Which we lived with you guys for. Two months? Yeah. Something like that? I'm really surprised that didn't happen. I know. I have way too much respect for Amy. <laughs> that that trumped my yeah. airheadedness. Yeah. Which, side note, Amy, she has this awesome story of, it's like a Saturday morning. Her dad got up and uh, went into her room, 
jumped into her bed because it's like he's excited. Yeah, Let's yeah, go down and have breakfast. Yeah. And she had had a friend come sleep over. No, no, the night no, 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 no. Just jumped in. Amy's like no, in the no, bathroom. No, no, John. Jumped John. in the bed. Amy's not even in the bed. She's not. In oh, the bed. John, what happened? I don't think that she's seen that girl since. Yeah. Yeah. How long was he? What was it? Ten years jail? Five? Uh, well, he should be out in December, but it's okay. always. God, what have we've I learned to not get our hopes up? <laughs> His uh, letters are getting more and more confusing. Yeah. So as they should. Anyway, be. I also just want to say quickly, quick, quick drive by. I did go get my forty-year-old physical today. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. How did it go? I want to tell you how thankful I was to my doctor that he literally said, we're not going to do any of the weird stuff today. So you have to get together again or what? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't care. I was just so glad we didn't have to. And that, this is the other thing too. See, that's, I'm assuming you had like, Geared yourself. Oh, up I for was. It. I didn't really sleep well last night because yeah, I was you're like, "Ready to go? There's, Let's I, get this I'm gonna over be, with." A lot of things are going to be happening to me that I need to be okay with and ready for. Right. Literally, the first thing he said because he's my age. He's forty. Like I, yeah. he, uh, he's, he's, I know him somewhat through mutual friends. And he's like, "I just want to start this by saying we're not going to do any of the weird stuff." And I was like, "There's no better other than saying I have a check for a million dollars for you that I want to give you. That's the best thing you could have said." And we both laughed and it just made it so great. I will say one of the things that was really interesting about the conversation is he had a girl in there who was kind of like writing down. It's really smart. Like, you know, instead of him sitting there the whole time you talk to him and he's typing, you know, he was, he had someone that was notating for him who was a sweet, really cute 25 year old girl. And I'm thinking, I respect this, but I mean, you know, he's asking very, vulnerable right. telling questions <laughs> right. and I'm trying to like so I just I had to turn to her and go I'm so sorry you're and she was like oh you don't know the things that I've heard <laughs> and I was like oh, okay I feel better but I mean it was really you know he's asking very probing questions thankfully yeah. he's not literally probing but he was asking probing yeah. questions it was such a interesting see I would be a little as relieved as I would be in that moment I would be like come on man I've I've geared I got myself up, up to yeah this. I know like, Let's get it over with. I'm I, not going to come I bathed, back and do it. I, I bathed. I brushed my teeth. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be presentable I brushed for this. everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. I'm ready to do this. <laughs> I'm fully manicured. Uh, That's disappointing. Yeah. We kind of felt like we should just kick it off talking about our, our stitches, our situations. I put together a couple questions. So I'm going to start pre-dad. Okay, PD. PD. Growing up, did you did you think I about? A, I did have a dad. You did have a dad. Yes. Okay. He also had a dad. Wow. What about his? His. I dad? can't. That's as far as I go. Uh. So when you were growing up, did you think about being a dad? Did you like? Were you like? I definitely want to have kids. Yeah. So one of the tricky things about being a preacher's kid for us in a small town in Mississippi is we were kind of on full time nursery duty. Like we basically so you kind of were a dad. Genuinely, like at 10, I was like, if a nursery worker didn't show up, it was me and Beth in there keeping kids. Yeah. I love kids. I've always loved kids. So I think really early on, I was like, yeah, I want to have like a family and have a bunch of crazy kids running around. Um, so it kind of was always on the periphery for me. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah. It, that's that's not a normal situation for a 10-year-old kid. But I've always been like that. I mean, my mom and dad talk about it all the time. Like, I, Not that I was ever the baby whisperer, but I definitely like right. felt comfortable around kids. Like To the point that 
me and Micah, my best friend in college, to make to earn just like side money, we would babysit at the local church for we would keep the nursery and, and stuff and we were, you know, twenty years old at, at yeah. GSU. And we loved it. And it was so fun because we have to make up games keep keep the kids you know, like one of the games I remember um one afternoon we were in the back and these are like, you know, seven, eight year olds. And so it'd be like, All right guys, I got a game. Whoever can count and touch all of the fence poles wins the game. And this lot was enormous. And they would be like, no, and be like, can't do it. Be, no, but I, well, let's not even play that because you can't do it. It's too many. And be like, uh-uh. and literally you just see them out there, one, two, three. Oh, and they'd forget. And there were probably 300 of these things. That is a genius game. So we would do, you know, I'd, I and had then a game. You and Micah are just sitting oh, on yeah, the chairs. Oh, yeah. And then they, like, but they'd catch us because we'd be laughing. And then you'd see them sort of Lord of the Flies up over there. They'd yeah. be like, Wait a second. And you'd see them kind of huddle together and then they'd all chase us. And, you know, the other game I played with this one kid who had terrible ADHD was how many times could you touch each wall in a row as fast as you could? So he's just running back. Literally, and forth. just two, three, four, five, six. He's faster. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, you know, and then he and just then he toast for the rest. Yeah, then... toast for the rest of the time. Yeah. So I always kind of, you know, I did always love kids. Yeah. I love kids. What about That's you? That's interesting. You know, same thing. I love kids and growing up, I always. I wasn't like weirded out by babies and things like that. I always loved uh, being around kids, but I don't remember thinking about it really either Mm -hmm. way. I remember in high school really wanting to get married. Yeah. Like I really, you know, like whatever girl I was dating at the time, I was like, this is it. This is it. No, no, no. This is it. I was wrong. Forget about the last one. This is the one. We're getting married right after high school. Yep. You know? So I think I was more in that mode wanting to make babies than, you know, <laughs> take care of babies. I would have been there for the handoff. Yeah. But like you, in college, I I was actually a manny for a family. No way. Yeah. These two little kids, Gabe and Scoot. Is that their last name? Two and four. Johann Gabe and Scoot. Gabe and Scooten. Yeah. <laughs> in German. Gabe and Scooten. <laughs> this was in Anderson, Indiana. I watched them every day, like all afternoon kind of a thing. Wow. Like for how long? classes. I don't remember. It was like, you know, all my classes were in the morning, so I would watch them. I would like pick them up from school. I had car seats in my car. No way. It was that level. John. For a couple of years. I loved it. I just, even then, I wasn't necessarily thinking, I really want to have kids, you know? Yeah. Well, I, that think would, I, I think I just assumed I would have kids for sure. Well, I think but. if I had been exposed at that level, I might not have been as enthusiastic because mine oh were gosh. always sort of brushes, you know? Right. It was... I loved those kids. It was exhausting. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, I will say this, and this is an embarrassing admission, but this is a tr- this is true. I had Ann Geddes calendars in my room. <laughs> that I'm hand on a Bible. Two years, <laughs> Mike would be like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Dude, whatever. I just love kids, man. These pictures are freaking adorable." <laughs> true story. They are adorable. Thank you. So I feel like. Whenever I talk to new parents, I'm always most interested in talking about the first like week yeah. that they became parents. Yeah. You know, a couple of days at the hospital when you brought them home because it's so, you're so sleep deprived. Mm. There's so, and everything, your senses are on such high alert because all of a sudden you are a parent. I mean, it's such an interesting time. Everybody has stories. So I'm curious with any or all of your kids. Let's say the first couple of weeks. You have any 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 memories that you? I have think I, so. Ben is our oldest, who's six, and I think he came. 
like we were excited. We had been trying to have kids for like not too long, but long enough that we were in it to win it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was definitely a purposed, excited, you know, thing. Yeah. I just remember like those first couple of months being like the darkest of dark months because I think both of us hadn't really thought about what was about to happen. You know, we're both first children. We're both a type. We're both driven, you yeah. know, like we, it's a, we're a lot, both of us, you yeah. know, we're both opinionated. We're both strong willed. Right. So there's not really a yin to that yang with us, which is, I think what makes our marriage so wonderful in all ways, but it can be tricky sometimes. And I think for us, he just kind of was like a new, he was like a atomic bomb. Cause it was just kind of like, Oh my gosh. And I think too, we kind of overcompensated. Like we ditched everything. We weren't mm-hmm. like, Oh, we can do this. Just throw them on your chest and let's walk down and get some food. We were like, no, we can't leave the house. It's going to be too much, right. you know? And so I remember one of our friends came over to give us food uh, in that first month. And I will never forget this. We we're sitting, I remember where I was, I was sitting watching TV. Ben was sleeping right next to me. And he may have been in the kitchen or something. And our friend comes and she's like, hey, I got the food. Just dropped off in the kitchen. How you doing? And I was like, I'm not doing good. She's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're being serious. Like, yeah, this, I don't know that this was a good idea. This is miserable. And she was pregnant with the third. And I remember genuinely saying, I don't understand why you chose to do this again. Yeah. And I was a thousand percent serious. Yeah. And she was like, I know you don't believe me, but one, I know exactly how you feel. Two, it really gets infinitely better. And three, you probably won't remember this part of it. See, that third one fascinates me, what you forget about, you know? Oh, God, just, he put some chemical on our brains. It's just like, wipe it clean. Yeah. It's like the good times come in and scrub it all out. And that second one, how it gets infinitely better. I almost, sometimes I feel like having kids is like what I can imagine boot camp is like. I've never been to boot camp. Yeah. It breaks you down to the very bottom. (laughs) So quick. Very bottom. And then two weeks in... You get an hour and a half of straight sleep, and you you're like, I feel like a human being. Again. Yeah, and whereas three weeks before that, you'd be like, an hour and a half of sleep. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All of you, everything just goes down to the bare. It's survival. You mode. are naked and afraid. That's it's except it's life and it's your house and yeah. there's a human. But then some of us, I know, like you, on the very first night, feel like have a sort of spiritual. Have a sort of spiritual... um. Well, so the hospital story is so shameful because it was literally night one. Livy or Luca was born at like 5.55 p.m. (laughs) This is 2.30 in the morning. (sighs) It hasn't even been, you know. But anyway, we're in in the hospital. We're new parents. So we're like, no, we're not going to do the nursery. Thank you very much, but the, she, the baby can stay with she us. She will stay in here. And all the nurses, I'm sure, will just like, oh, Lord. Get, okay, good. Get, I'll see you at 3 a.m. Yeah, I'll see you in, yeah. in four hours. Yeah. So anyway, I'm like super dad. I'm like, Amy, you sleep. I will take Luca. You just, you need to get your rest. You're like, I was made for this. I was made for this. This is. I had car seats in my <laughs> Nissan Pulsar in college. So, uh, you know, there's this little curtain that divides Amy and I'm on the other side. And, and they, they literally have like a little couch for dads that you can like yeah. pull it out yeah. by the window. It's this beautiful hospital. It's this great view of the sky and the stars. And Lucas starts crying and she does not stop crying. And I'm not, this is not going to result in some like amazing amount of time. 
it's shameful. She probably was crying for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But I was so tired. <laughs> I was so tired. And I'm doing the like bounce thing, the lunge thing. Yeah. And I remember this moment clear as day and as ridiculous as it sounds. This is 100% what I felt in that moment. I I look up at the stars and I'm like, well, God, you've abandoned us. That is literally what I felt. Amy and I talk about it all the time. I mean, like. I genuinely, I genuinely felt like my yeah. Lord and Savior had Has a band. See, ya. God was like, He is not Peace. there to help us. Meanwhile, you're holding this beautiful child that God has been like, healthy baby here. girl. Yeah. You're like, oh, you, you, you have a band. You hate make her stop. You hate me. You hate me. But that's just a, a testament to a my um, immaturity and b the power of sleep deprivation and and you you cannot get ready for it i don't care what no. i don't care about it. so like go to the mons class go to learn ba- read baby books doesn't matter no you get into it and you're like oh my gosh i've never felt like this before man dave my body is burning right john now. I, i've said that about your body since i've known you I'm, thank you yeah, so much but it's attention. burning because of this full body workout that i'm doing with my new cross rope oh dude i have a one pack now <laughs> have you seen it i yeah you keep showing it to I me know, i know i tell you what cross rope is so much more of an interesting workout than running or lifting weights i mean i just adjust the ropes and the handles and bam i have a more intense workout and I can make it easier for when I'm lazy. Yeah, you know, it was so easy to get started. I got the ropes, downloaded the app, and I was ready for one of the better workouts I've ever done. And I can do it at home. Mm-hmm. And here's a better thing. Crossrope is offering $40 off what? for Dadville Dads. Just visit crossrope.com slash dadville. And that can be moms too. Listen, okay. John, you forgot to mention, they'll also get free shipping through that link. Free shipping. Yeah, I said it. So true. So just head to C-R-O-S-S-R-O-P-E dot com slash dadville to get yours today. Please tell the lunch story. <laughs> well, okay, side note. Uh, Luca, when she was born, you know, she went to the NICU, which is a very common thing mm-hmm. for babies to go to the NICU. And then she, you know, she loses a little bit of baby weight. and uh, Which is scary because they don't weigh anything to begin with. It's scary. So yeah. losing ounces, which they do, like basically come out and then they'll And they're going to lose weight. And then they drop weight almost immediately. Yeah. So all the stuff we now know is pretty common. But, the you know, the hospital had some like 11 ounce rule or something like that. They lose more than 11 ounces. Anyway. So we were, Luca was put on some kind of a flag list of like, she's losing too much weight. So we are on high alert. They say that we have to give her like more milk. So Amy's breastfeeding her every two hours as you do, but she also has to pump. And then we have to put extra milk into this little syringe thing that has this little tube thing. So when Luca is feeding, I have to sneak this little tube in like the side of her mouth and then I'm also feeding her. So she's oh, wow. getting even more milk. All this to say it was it was an exhausting process that we did every two hours. So I'm trying to again be like super dad and let Amy sleep in between because Luca's not sleeping at all. I remember walking around the house pitch dark and I would just go over to windows 
to see if, if she's, she's asleep. If she's asleep. Um, yes. So like I'm walking times. around, I'm walking, I'm walking. And if I was walking, she wasn't crying. I'm walking, walking, and it, maybe 10 minutes would go by. I'm like, she's, surely she's asleep. I go over to the window, and she's just staring right at me, you know. And so I'm either walking around the house, or I have to do these, like, deep lunges. And I will say this is the second piece of advice, because this was actually useful with both of our girls. If I did this, they did not cry. But you have to like violently like lunge over to your left and then go deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go real you're, deep. Yeah, you're you're and almost then like before. lunge way over yeah. to your right. So it's like it's like your your kid is in like some sort of carnival ride. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. but it really calmed them down. The problem is after doing it about four thousand times and it's four in the morning I remember there was one night where Luca, if I stopped, she would start crying. She wasn't asleep, Ugh. but she wasn't crying when I was doing it. But I was doing it so much that I was literally crying. And I felt I was crying because I'm in the, I can't stop. If yeah. I stop, she'll Your start legs crying, are but on I'm about to fire. die. I can't fire. feel my knees. Like, and they're shaking, I'm sure. Yeah. Like just, yeah. Yeah. So like, and I think every dad has a little groove. They have a little pattern. They have a little system. It's either the way you walk around the house or the mount you bounce them, the way you yeah. bounce them, the yeah. way their little head fits in your thing. And you know, a certain way, like one of the things I remember somebody showed us is we watched that. Oh, it's everybody's watched this video, but it's the guy that does the, the, sh the shushing. It's oh, like yeah. all the S's, the, the happiest baby on the block. Maybe guy. that's it. Yeah, yeah. But one of them is you can barely bounce their head. Did you know this? Like you can no. do this way where you hold them and their heads in the crook of your arm and you just barely kind of do it. And it makes their head kind of just barely go back and forth. <laughs> like, but a, it, like a, uh, bobblehead. Yeah. Doll. But it kind of duplicates the womb. It replicates the womb. So anything that makes them feel like they're in the womb is better. So movement is actually huge, which I think yeah. is why, you know, you, you pace around the house and have to do these lunges. Yeah. But, um, I remember like you just have a million little tricks. You just learn all these little and oh, give her to me. If I walk over here and move this way and then the AC unit barely tits her feet and then I can Gotta put it at 70, 72 and then 72. like put the Flintstones on and loop the intro song. Just loop the intro. Okay. Look, then, you know, but you yeah. find as a dad, you sort of find all of these little tricks. You find mm -hmm. all these ways that you kind of go, Oh, there's my little groove. That's like, yeah. we had a, I had a sleep machine app on my phone and it was a certain one. It wasn't just a random, it was a certain one. And I would have it on a, near a certain part of their little head near the ear. And I would hold it in my arm a certain way and move. And it was like, you know, most of the time it worked pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you just figure your little thing out. You're yeah. like, okay, with, with her, this is what she likes. She likes the little, little bit of movement and me sitting down or, uh. You know, and the worst was your point. I mean, I don't think there's a darker moment in my life than when you have, you've, okay, she is out. Oh, she is out. And I am so tired and I'm about to transition her into this little crib and I get to go to sleep again. And one, you look down and she's like, just <laughs> huge eyes staring at you, judging you, shaming you. One, or, or the transition wakes her up. Like you accidentally bump oh, your arm yeah. on the crib side and oh, and you're like, that little anger is the deepest, most volcanic. I never felt it before, kids. No, 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 no. I had no reason no, to. No, ever. Yeah, I'm not an angry guy. No. Right? But in but, those but moments. But in that scenario. Oh my gosh. 
That's you. You're like God. You're you're not real. I don't believe anything you've ever said about. You've love. abandoned us. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go again, God. <laughs> so now this is a big issue in my house. Okay. I want to know: Do your kids do they favor Annie all the time? Did they favor? Let's her? put it this way: Sam, who's two, I don't know that he knew he had a dad until about two months ago. <laughs> I was either a janitor. I kept the lawn mowed to some degree. Yeah. I tended to care a lot about the other two children, and I was around. But I think he's like, was, this is great. The, the nanny for the other two. Yeah, the manny. He's Way great. Way to go, mom. That's yeah. perfect. They do to a degree that I've wondered if it's unhealthy. I, I think, yeah. like they so favor her that I've I've genuinely started to look back and go, did I shirk them? Did I like? Was there something I did or didn't do that they just like? Yeah. They, I don't, I, I don't. That thought right there, I have thought one thousand times. I mean, already. I'm like, I will say, Xana, who is four, she has just started to slowly transition into wanting me. So she mm-hmm. scuffs her leg if she, that's which has been really sweet, you know. Yeah. But I said the same the other day. I was like, I think this is the this is the best way to describe it. If Annie is around, they want her. And and I don't know if you felt this way with your girls. I feel like we've talked about this. If she is around, she's just a magnet. They are more emotional. They're more easily hurt. It, oh, the nurturing yeah. part of having mom within grasp sort of elicits more emotion. Yeah. It elicits more pain because I don't know what it is. She left about three months ago for a weekend to go see some friends down in, in uh, Mississippi. And I remember it being like, you know, are you going to be cool? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be a little tricky, but I got it. It's all good. Mom and dad are in town now. And so I was like, they're around. We're going to see them. So it was like three days. Hand on a Bible, probably the most easygoing days I've had with them. Yeah. I don't mean like it went better than I thought. I mean, like, she would come and be like, oh, my God, are you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, I mean, they're playing in the playroom. I'm kind of working on my computer or something. Really? Is Sam asleep? Yeah, I just put him down. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, listen, I'll check back in three. I'm telling you, yeah. she came back and was like, how'd it go? It was like, it was, dare I say, easier? Yeah, then, then, oh, totally. because I think there's just something in her that they're like, Bob, I hit my day. <gasps> Where it's like, literally, the other night I was putting Sam down. It was so cute. And Annie wasn't there, and he knew she wasn't there. So I was like, All right, bud, daddy's going to put you down, which I love to do, but he still kind of puts up fights sometimes. Yeah. But he literally looked at me, he's like, Mama. I was like, No, bud, mama's gone. Remember, and he was like, Mama, don't. I was like, Yeah, mama's gone. He said, Okay. And it was, he just surrendered. He, we had, a, yeah. we laughed, I read a book, he, and I put him down. But it's because he had to know, is mom accessible right now? No, oh, she's yeah. not. That, that changes his whole world. It's, yeah. yeah, every, literally as a two-year-old, he yeah. was like, oh yeah, then I just flipped this little switch. Yeah, I, I feel like we could do an entire episode on just this topic. Yeah. Because this is something that, I know that it's a little cliche, you mm-hmm. know, like kids tend to be, I mean, when I was growing up, I, I, if I fell down, I would run to my mom. Oh yeah, every you know? time. Yeah, for sure. So I know that it's it's this is not like we're um, you know <laughs> breaking breaking ground, ground here, <laughs> making history. But but I just didn't think about it. Yeah, you know, and like you're saying, like it does make you think. What did I did I do something? What? Yeah, because I'm around a lot. Yeah, and especially in the I don't remember the first time that I went on like a longer tour when Luca was around, but you know. It was clear me being gone is not, there's no uh, logical excuse for this. Yeah. 
And I, I feel like Luca is getting to the point where, you know, like last night at the dinner table, you know, she gets done with her dinner and she wants to come sit on my lap. And that is that is like a moment where in my mind I hear her say it and I'm like, I have to play it cool. Yeah. I want yeah, to don't fr- ever do I want this. to like take everyone to Italy. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know. But we're still like at night, uh, before bed. They they want mommy to lay with her. Yeah, yeah. With them. Yeah. If I'm laying with them, they're at best they're a little a little miffed about it. But they're fine, you know. It's like, well, I get it. You guys are kind of a team, I guess. <laughs> or I get it, mom's not here. She's yeah, not here. I oh, yeah, well, of mom's course. Not here. Yeah, There's nothing this you can do. Even then, there are some nights that it's just, they're distraught. You know, like, if I'm leaving, it's cute. I'm walking out the door, and, I, and I'm like, bye, guys. And maybe Livy will run up and be like, I'm going to hug. Okay, bye, Daddy. Yeah, but there's if no real. Amy could go get the mail. Oh, they will freak if out. If the front door shuts in my house, Sam is like, Mama. <laughs> Mama. You know, this is the thing. And I want to say this to the, to the moms out there, okay? Let's, can we talk to the moms for a second? Mama. Mama, I know I love you. I know I love you, Mama. God, that song is so good. So good. Um, but here's the thing to the moms out there. And we've talked about this a lot. I don't think women understand because you know we are more Neanderthal. We're not as as emotionally developed as yep. is on the on generally as women. Agreed. Are. It is tough, dads. I want to kind of get an amen from y'all out there. It is tough to consistently, on a daily, almost hourly basis, be rejected by your kids for yep. the mother. Yeah. Yes, I'm a caveman. Yes, I'm more gorilla-ish in my de- emotional development in a lot of ways. But it's just not fun when every day I go to pick Sam up out of the crib with mama. I don't I don't know where mom is, man. She's in the bed. I tell you where she's not. She's not picking you up right now. I love you, that you right revert now. to talking to him like he's just another dude. I'm like, come, come on, dude. I, man, I don't know where she is. Why don't you Why don't you ask her why she chose not to come get you? Who is right here right now? Your dad. Who yes. Who is showing up? And. Then, <laughs> Oh, man, there's so much we could say about this. Our girls, so our, our room is downstairs. Our girls have the upstairs bedroom. So in the mornings, I would typically, you know, <laughs> again, because Amy's working hard. She's with the girls all day. So when they get up in the morning, I want, I'm going to get up and let her sleep for a little bit. But I'm starting, you know, they can hear me coming up the stairs. They can hear it. And Who, they know by the footballs. Be? Yeah. They know. Yeah, they they're already, already. But I open the door, and my beginning of my day, not not even to mention that my day's starting an hour before I would prefer <laughs> it to start. I open the door to, no, <laughs> mama, you know. And you're not being facetious. That is no. genuinely what they are doing. No. Not you're not trying to be I, funny I, right I, now. The, the only way that I'm not giving it justice is that there are two voices. That yeah, and that. higher and louder. Yeah, and more like gravelly screaming. And and yeah. much more disappointed than you're portraying. And it makes me want to say, as a dad, I go, I'll go quickly to like, hey, guys, what, what, what are you wearing? Yeah. Pajamas? Yeah. What's that bed that you're sleeping on? Isn't it what's, nice what's and over cool your head? up here? Yeah. God, it feels so Is that the pleasant. AC? God, that's nice. <laughs> and isn't it amazing <laughs> the sun isn't blaring through the windows because of those blinds? <laughs> Don't y'all love this area of town, too? This <laughs> is great, isn't it? I mean, it, it really. I don't. I really. I don't feel like this gets talked about enough. It's like, 
because you know, again, there's a stereotype of like moms are the sweet, nurturing, so the children want. But like, dudes, we love our kids deeply. Yeah. I yeah. want my kids to love me and and be around. I love to be around them. And there just comes a point where you're just like, I'm not in the mood for this right now. Yeah, I've, I I'm I hurt. don't want to start with rejection. <laughs> no, every day, day, every day. With I start two, with two rejection. Of the three most important people in my life do not want just to be reject with you. me. <laughs> they rebuke me at zero. <laughs> at zero. I mean, because you know, sweet my sweet wife, she gets so overwhelmed. I know Amy's the same way. So overwhelmed, like kids are always. Oh my! Let me guess. Did they crime? What did Mama? Okay, can't only I can. And I'm like, I know. That's tough. And I'm not comparing my toughness to yours, but I'm dealing with a different kind of toughness yeah. over here, which is just Which a- that is, this, we'll save this for the marriage episode in the future, but that married with kids is an endless array of wanting to switch places with each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really fair. Because when, when I'm on tour, for example, my day is I wake up, I see what part of town we're in or whatever. I, I go to a coffee shop. I sit at a coffee shop. I get a great coffee. I get some avocado toast. I sit there on my computer. I make some phone calls. It's Australian of you. You know, I go on a run. Mm-hmm. I go, you know, to sound check. I've got, I'm hanging out. I'll probably see some friends. Yeah. We're in the city. Everything that Amy would love to do. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all I want to do is be at home. That's I right. just I just want to take them to the library yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Amy is taking them to the library while they are fighting with She's each like, other and, what is that avocado toast like? I would l- she's like I would kill to just sit in silence. Yeah. At a coffee shop. Yeah. With a book for 20 minutes. Oh, I know. You know. I know. Anyway, so let's do a couple of deep dives here. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do a couple of deep dives. What are the things when you think of the girls? What are some of the things as a dad you really hope you pass down? Man, that's a good question. Gosh, I feel like I focus so much on the habits that I don't want them to yeah. get. Yeah, well, that's from part me. B. So we'll you know? get that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I have a a pretty like carefree attitude, mm-hmm. kind of uh, way about yeah, me. You're definitely laid back. Yeah, I'm I'm laid back, and I feel like I have a, a an ability to empathize with people and listen. Mm-hmm. I think that Amy has that. 10,000 times over and has maybe, you know, even helped bring that out in me. But that's something that I think, I hope between the two of us, we we genuinely care about other people and hopefully they'll get that, you know, from us. On a less serious note, because I tell myself that this doesn't matter and I don't care. If one of them looks at a piano, I get so excited. <laughs> and I we don't own a piano. But we're I'm buying a piano because we need to have one in the house. Yeah. You know, I've got my little writer's shed in the back um, that they can come back and, you know, play a little bit. And Luca has played a little bit and I think genuinely has a knack for melody and, you know, and she can play jingle bells on the piano, stuff like that. But I hope they get something, mm. you know. I don't know what it'll be. I genuinely, they can be whatever they whatever they want, but... You know, Amy is a great soccer player, and that was a big part of her life. She played soccer all through college. So I know on some level she wants them to experience that. Mm. Not that they need to be, you know, like Mia Hamm, but, you know, there's a long list of things that I hope they don't get from me. While I feel like I'm laid back, 
sometimes I feel like I have a work ethic that I'm working for the wrong reasons. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. I'm working to prove something to other mm. people. Just all, all that kind of stuff that we all typically feel. Yeah. You know? Feeling like I need to be successful mm. and all that kind of stuff. And this is probably how my parents feel about me and my brother and sister. But being their dad and knowing their place in in my life and how like they, they are angels walking the earth, everything else doesn't matter. Like nothing and I, I feel like I will probably always feel that way when they're in their mid twenties trying to get a career going or whatever and they're really stressing about it. As their dad, I'm gonna see everything will probably be in perspective for me. Yeah. I mean that's tough for me to do in my own life, but I hope that they have a little better perspective on that than I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. What about you? You know, I I do think humor, I'd love to see them be able to really appreciate and enjoy laughing, which thank God they do. Because I think that's such a gift, you know, to really able to take life with a grain of salt. And, you know, I think your girls are are great about that too. Um, That's one thing. You know, this isn't something I want to pass down as much as it's something that's really important to me. And we talked about this, I think, initially on the first episode, but... I just really want them to know how loved they are. I want them to know that um, that they're supported. That yeah. I said this, but you know, I think that's the, one of the gifts that my mom and dad, but my mom especially, because we were you know around her so much more. I just always knew that she loved me. That I was a I was a joy to her. You know that I was never a burden. That I was never in the way of something. I was never keeping her from anything. And I think for my kids, I hope and pray to the nth degree that they feel the same way, that they would know that they're such a gift that I'm thankful for them, that they're beautiful additions to the life that Annie and I have. That's something I hope I can pass down that they understand. And because I think that does so much for literally just your worldview, especially from your dad, you know, I think to know that as we're working and doing these things that uh, uh, sort of are more characteristic of a dad or, whatever that they would at the same time see like man that wasn't something that i kept him from or kept him from me whatever that he was still so you know thankful and two you know and i know i know you feel the same way but you know my faith and just god and Mm -hmm. i'd say the maybe the biggest thing is that god provides yeah and i don't just mean monetarily but god is faithful and good and more than I can ever be. And I think that's really hard to do as a dad is to how do you set, how can I set my kids up for God to be God and not for me to be God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's a big thing. Yeah, that is tough as a dad because you want to just take care of everything. And I think you are for a while. I think you are God until they kind of get that concept. And then our job is to then go, okay, now that you can sort of understand this, let me show you how this works, you Uh know, and and how it is. I think um, things I'm scared about, I think... As you said, there's a bajillion of those things. I think um, I'm really easily distracted. I I get really scared about that a lot of times that I can sort of be, you know, my flights of fancy and how unattentive I can be to things sometimes. Um, In my impatience, I mean, sadly, Annie and I both have droves of that. And so there's times I'm like, man, our kids, we got, they just got a double dose of just two parents who were like, just have no ability to sort of like, like what you do so well. I think you and Amy both, you know, 
hey, just breathe. It's all going to work out, you know. It's a lot of little things. I mean, to your point, it's like I, I, think I can think of big things, but it's more just minutia. It's more sadly like real life, everyday things. You know, I think we can, I can be really short tempered with them sometimes. I always get scared about that. What do you think your biggest fear as a dad is? I think this is an irrational fear, but I think my biggest fear is that they would somehow miss it completely. And all of a sudden, you know, I mean, to be honest, like it, that, 20 years from now, I find that they're both working at a strip club, you know, and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, you never cared. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like, it's like a rational nightmare in my mind. Uh, But the other thing is that I fear that it's sort of like on the other side of that coin is because I know of the weight that you have in their life, you know, and like, Everything that Amy and I does matters so much to them. Like we are shaping, you know, not to get into the whole nature versus nurture thing, but as far as nurture goes, we are shaping all of it. We are responsible for so much. And, you know, my my dad and I had this conversation a couple months ago where we were talking about somehow this random memory came up. Anytime I get in the car... I put my seatbelt on and almost every time I get in the car, I sort of on some level remember this memory. I put my seatbelt on because when I was a kid, there was one time where my whole family was in in the car, we're driving down the interstate. And for the thrill of it, I guess, I just, I took my seatbelt off. And I'm like sitting, you know, I'm like six-year-old me and I just like take it off and I just like slowly... I just want to feel the feeling. I'm like, I don't have my seatbelt. Freedom. I don't have my seatbelt already. Sweet freedom. No one knows it. And then after a while, I get I get scared, and I'm like, I better put this thing back on. So I I start to like slide it back over, and you know, my sister's sitting next to me in the middle, as we always, you know, it was me, my sister, my brother, and she feels me trying to click the seatbelt back, <laughs> and she immediately is like, John's not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> And my dad, you know, probably because he had a rough day that day. At, at the time, I'm thinking this is because it's it's the worst offense I could have possibly done. He reaches back and like a bullseye, like a dart to a bullseye, his hand just goes right to my shirt, you know, and he pulls me up. And as he's driving, like one hand on the wheel, he pulls me up to him. And he's like looking at the, the road, turning, yelling at me, looking at the road. And he's like, you never. Every time you're in the car, you put your seatbelt on. Every single time, you never take your wow. seatbelt. And so we're ta- we've never talked about this memory. This is a random memory, but we talked about it a couple of months ago, and he remembered it. He did. He, he remembered it, and he. I mean, this is 30 years ago, and he's like, I remember feeling so guilty for that. Mm. That was such a, you know, he lost his cool. It was about something else. He had a rough day that day, or so, you know, it wasn't about this moment that he really wanted to, yeah, ha- hammer yeah. home for me. But I was like, "But Dad, I always wear my seatbelt. Who knows if I would have always worn my seatbelt if it weren't for that moment?" Hmm. So this is this like horrible moment in his mind. This is like a black eye on that day. For me, thirty years later, I've been wearing my seatbelt for thirty years. I yeah. never not don't wear yeah. my seatbelt. So that's a long-winded way of me saying, like, I realize that I hold so much weight because yeah. I I have all these 
things that I do as a 35-year-old dad that I'm like, oh, I do that because my dad said something back in 1993. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Those two are ver- pretty much verbatim. I have a lot of other ones, but I would say the two paramount fears are one that it just, you said it perfectly, it just gets missed. Whatever that thing that I'm here to instill in my children mm-hmm. gets missed and they come back someday and they're just not able to function in the real world because that little slot, that thing that we push into their backbone that makes it sturdy and, it, and it's yeah. there just never went in. Yeah, And I'm like, what I didn't know, like, yeah, you just didn't do that thing, and now I'm well you know, because you know you're not going to get it all right. Yeah, so I know that that my I'm screwing my kids up on some level. I'm just trying to screw them up as little as, as possible. Little and then I think to your point to two again verbatim my other fear that fear that these little moments that may seem like passing moments to me I have I've done irreparable harm that like yeah we have walking onto the baseball field and I pull the bat from Ben because he's waving around and I go, and I say something that he goes, yeah, I never played baseball again because of that moment. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you scared me so much that every, I associated that fear with baseball and that's why I hate sports. And I'm like, from grabbing a bat, you know, and and I think, you know, small segue, which is what squirrels ride. (laughs) I feel like it is such a reminder to me. I mean, I've talked about this with so many other dads. I think one of the things that is such a calling, it may be the most important thing. Like, maybe. it's. I don't know that it is, but I think it's at least amongst the most important things, is apologizing as a dad. And it gives me so much hope and comfort to know that especially in these seminal years, like these young years for our children, they're really learning us and learning life to be able to apologize because Mm -hmm. there is something so insanely powerful in that moment because you can have a massive blow up genuinely like scare the crap out of your child. But if you can really sincerely apologize and they see in you a brokenness and a want for repentance and redemption, it's crazy how resilient they are. It may leave some kind of memory in their brain. Yeah. But accompanying that memory is the fact that you knew that you had done something wrong. It was called something wrong, treated as something wrong, and you reconciled for your wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that has given me so much hope for that second fear. Mm-hmm. You know, that fear of like, what what is that thing? I'm, what are those 20 things I'm going to do throughout their childhood that some, you know, wonderful counselor is going to sit down with them someday and go... So to my dad, and like he was great, but gosh, and then like, all right, let's write down and like, well, the baseball when he grabbed the bat for me, I'll never forget. And there's going to be those. It's yeah. it's a fallen world. We're fallen people, but I think the hope I have with a lot of that stuff is knowing that the apology part of that is so profoundly important. Um, mm-hmm. And for me and you to be aware of those things, to be have enough presence as a dad to go, okay. Hey, give me a few minutes. You guys go ahead. Let me sit down with with Ben and and talk. And I think that is such an important piece. And I've found that a, that you know a lot of my friends who had parents that were really good at that. Um, it's it's really profound what it did to their growing up. Yeah. Um, and how just how their parents were fallible, wonderful, and heroes, but at the same time not perfect. Um, mm-hmm. and again, that that's I think the beginning of that shift from dad as God to 
oh, well, then he can't be God. He messes up. Well, then what is God? And that's then our chance to sort of, yeah. you know, begin those kind of conversations and that kind of stuff. But um, we just have such a massive, massive responsibility. I mean, um, knowing how much we shape the backbone of these kids, how much our responsibility and sort of stealing them against the waves of the world and life and bullies and breakups and disappointments and job firings and terrible, awful things um, initially for a long time is really kind of in our hands. And I think knowing that responsibility to your point about your first fear is such a massive deal. It's such a big deal. And I think uh, being cognizant of that is such a great, wonderful gift, but it's also really overwhelming because you kind of realize like, so overwhelming, you know, like again, you sit with, really about anybody and you know i mean it's the quote we read last week you know tell me about or i don't know if we even talked about that last time but tell me who your father is and i'll tell you who you are and that's the truth it's the truth like you know so much of how we think about the world is shaped by our fathers Mm -hmm. and i think knowing that is wonderful because you you kind of know the secret but it's unbelievably overwhelming because you have this new standard you know you have a you have sort of a uh, measuring tape to kind of go like, how am I doing? You know? And yeah. I'm either, oh, great, okay, it feels pretty good, or man, I'm way off, or yeah. I didn't even know that was, you know. Yeah. Which I think I go back and forth between, I'm so on this. Yeah. I'm so attentive. Yeah. Tonight, I'll work after they go to bed. I'm going to be yeah. around all day. All day, yeah. I tell them I love them 10,000 times a day. If there's a problem that comes with that, don't have that. I don't know what that is. We'll deal with it when when we get there. And then, you know, like in the middle of the night as I'm laying in bed, I'm like, oh, I'm messing this up. Oh, my gosh. There's something they, I'm missing. You the know? reason they like their mom more is because she actually <laughs> loves them. Yeah, actually, it's not in the middle of the night. It's in the morning. When, I, when, when they're they, like, no, dad. No. Not you again. Yeah. Mama, 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 mama. No, daddy, mama. No, daddy, mama. All you wonderful, beautiful, kind people. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you have a second, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review. Unless it's bad. Because that stuff really does matter. And please follow us on socials. You can find us everywhere at Dadville Podcast. Also, you can follow us each at Dave Barnes Music and at John McLaughlin to find out more about our music. Thanks for listening. Dad.